This podcast is sponsored by Oasis Aqua Lounge. Join our online community of sex-positive swingers and individuals looking to make connections while we are all stuck at home. We host events seven days a week and have hundreds of active members to meet and mingle with. Head to members.oasisaqualounge.com to join the party today. I'm your host, Ray, and today we're joined by the ever-magnificent Lady Pim, professional Aww. dominatrix and host of the Bedpost podcast. Any uh, words for our listeners? Hello. How are you? Stay kinky, folks. Mm. And if you're not kinky, try it. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> today in Sex News, the article is called Sex Workers Say Canada's Laws Put Them in Danger and Demand the New Government Fix Them. The source is Global News, and it's from December 22nd, 2019. It basically begins with explaining one sex worker's client screening process. The screening process is literally like how they determine if the person they're about to see is sketchy AF or like <laughs> going to murder them or if they're like a normal person who's just trying to hire a service provider. Right. Which, by the way, when's the last time you heard about any other industry having to find out if they're going to get murdered from meeting up with a client? I mean, even though for women it is, you know, it is something that you do need to think about in any job. I yeah. think that's just, yeah, it's just blown up in our industry. But really any any job where you're a woman in a room with a man, that for sure is a fear. Yeah. You're going to hope you're not going to get more. Okay. So the article overall. Yeah. That's the number one thing on your mind, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they're hot, it's definitely not the murder, but okay. They look like the Fifty Shades guy. Then you're fine with them stalking you. Yeah. No, actually, that's not uh, people. That is not true. It's not that funny. That's sarcasm, people. Yeah, we were being. I sometimes you, before I get back into the article, you always hear these guys on the internet. If you're attracted to them, then like you're fine if they stalk you. I'm like, no one ever wants to be stalked by anyone. Good lord. But also, if I'm getting hit on at a bar and I find this person unattractive, no, I don't want to be hit on. I don't find you attractive. But if I'm getting hit on at a bar and I find you attractive, yes, I want to be hit on. I find you attractive. Why does whether or not I'm attracted to you not matter in your made-up scenario of whether or not it's okay if a hot guy does it? Like, yes. My personal preference matters here. Yeah, attraction is so subjective too. Like if I saw the, you know, a traditionally, I, I don't like traditionally good looking men. <laughs> I don't like fit men. I, I really don't. I don't like fit men. <laughs> they bother me. <laughs> I like to look at them, but I've never had one. I don't even. I'm like, no, go away. I have never savored the fruit of a classically fit man. And so. I mean, I have in my profession. <laughs> right. So maybe that's why I'm like, I don't know, because uh, I mean, like, maybe like, actually, I have one friend who might listen to this and now get very offended. And so I'm going to retract that a little bit. But the way that not I'm not like going to double yeah. down and go harder. <laughs> All I'm going to say is that, like, I might look at guys with abs, but if we can't have a conversation, I don't care about you. OK, totally. article overall discuss. I am married. I'm so sorry, husband. I am not referring to you. <laughs> My past life. Oh, you monogamous <laughs> folk are so funny to me. Anyways, go on. <laughs> Article overall discusses how Canada's sex work laws are prohibitive and push sex workers into dangerous situations, which is the opposite of what they're supposed to do. Parliament says they're going to do something. They have not. <laughs> Bill C-36... Criminal, by the way, this is when Bill C-36 was coming out. Bill C-36 criminalizes the purchasing of sex, but decriminalizes its sale. They call this the end demand model, or as we know, the Nordic model. You can't negotiate sexual services in certain public spaces near schools. Any. Actually, yeah, yeah, any. It says certain in the article, 
like the article says certain public spaces like schools. Um, but the truth is you can't do it in any public spaces. No, you can't do it in a cafe, a restaurant, a bar, yep. or anything. Yep. You cannot financially benefit from the sale of someone's sexual services, including your own, because then you've trafficked yourself. And you cannot advertise <laughs> sexual services anywhere. The conservative government previously had different laws, the PCEPA, and this treated prostitution as a form of sexual exploitation that disproportionately impacts women and girls, a.k.a. all sex work is violence against women. It's all illegal. Trudeau voted against Bill C-36, and the liberals vowed to reform sex work laws in their 2015 campaign, but we've seen no movement on that. <laughs> they make it... Yeah, okay, so quote from the article. They make it incredibly difficult for sex workers to organize to work in safety, to work together, to work with third parties who could promote their safety, or to even communicate with clients. Yep. In 2018, research presented at the International AIDS Conference found that going after the men that buy sex doesn't help sex workers. It makes it harder for them to negotiate terms of service, including condom use and safer sex practices. And demand doesn't work because the demand will always be there. Not being able to advertise or communicate about sex work online makes it hard to explicitly outline services, and instead you have to resort to codes. The worker may not be criminalized, but the communication the worker is engaging in is. Right. Third parties not being able to advertise on behalf of a sex worker also limits a sex worker's ability to work independently, meaning you can't advertise on a website. The website's a third party. The only thing that these bills actually do to protect sex workers is basically they're not criminally liable for the work that they do. So clients won't, literally, like, you cannot go, you can't be arrested for doing sex work, which is the criminalization, right? So if someone is really marginalized, they're continuously marginalized by being sent to prison, and then they can't pull themselves out of it. Like, this bill is trying to keep that from happening. But (laughs) clients won't want to divulge their identity because it's illegal, which can jeopardize the sex worker's safety. Or you end up with a more nefarious, underbelly type of man who's comfortable doing illegal activity, is literally how it's been described in that 1920s voice and everything. So these laws basically keep the marginalized <laughs> people more at risk. Street-based sex workers or sex workers that don't have an established business and are working independently, they might have to compromise their safety in order to simply get business and pay their rent, is a quote from it. Predatory clients know this, and then they know what they can get away with. So predators keep predatoring, and nice guys finish last, literally. Yeah, predators be predatoring. Yeah, Literally, yeah. if you are a if you are just like the average guy who just wants to buy sex work and respects women, you're you might be a little bit more hesitant because it's harder to communicate in a way and you're not going to jeopardize your, you know, your status as a decent person as part of society because you're a decent person. Yeah, and you wanna, don't want to you don't want to conduct illegal activity. Yeah. The article continues outside of legal barriers. Stigma is actually one of the biggest issues sex workers face. The law paints all sex workers as victims that need to be saved. The article also differentiates the different, you know, between trafficking and sex work. And then it ends with the Liberal Party, despite saying they would do something about the sex worker bill in their original running for election. The Liberal Party doesn't mention sex work at all in their new platform. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> From what I can tell, it's called the Nordic model after Sweden because Sweden's trying to brand themselves as something. I don't know what, but it's something. (laughs) Being sex worker positive or something. Yeah, Yeah. there's this website that I found that basically categorizes all sex work laws everywhere, like by a map. It's really interesting. So from what I can tell, Canada, Sweden, and Singapore... We all have very similar laws to the ones discussed in this article. The U.S. is incredibly similar, except it varies by state by state. So in some places, it's still criminalized. And Nevada is a whole other haven that's a completely different story, which is why parts of the states. So yeah, so this is called the Nordic model. 
So, Lady Pym, mm-hmm. can you tell me why criminalizing the purchase of sex doesn't actually work to end sex work or trafficking or any of the other words associated with this industry? Yeah, because there is a demand for this type of work. That's why this job exists, because it's an important job. <laughs> it's a valid, important job, and we provide a valuable service. So sex workers going to be sex working. <laughs> like oldest profession and all that. We're going to find a way to do it no matter what, because the demand is there. But then also like this is for some sex workers, this is the only job they've ever done. Like this is the job that they do. This is the job that they're really good at. This is the job they enjoy. This is the job that works well with the rest of their life stuff. So for people that feel that way, we're not going to stop doing it anytime soon because, you know, once again, the man is trying to get us down. We're going to keep on doing it no matter what. So it's not just that there's just demand. It's that people want to supply. Yes. Me being one of those lovely service providers. What I do is kind of in the gray area because like I don't do full service sex work, but I do provide sexual services within my job. So I'm an upstanding citizen. (laughs) I want to operate legally. You want to pay your taxes. I want to pay my taxes. Thank you. I do. I truly do. But all of this fucking backhanded loop, holy contradictory legal bullshit isn't going to stop me, I'm sorry, from doing what I love to do and what I'm really good at. What would you say to the idea that the only reason that you're doing sex work in the first place is because you grew up in a patriarchal society that has socially conditioned you into this role as a woman? Um, Of being a femdom and have men grovel at my feet? Yeah. Because uh, (laughs) I feel like that's the opposite of, you know, this, this... patriarchal-led society, being in female-led relationships. People are going to, people are, yeah, people are going to accuse me that I picked someone, I picked a biased person because you're a femdom versus versus the full-service sex worker that is the lowest on the hierarchy. So, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, but I, I mean, so, okay, any woman that likes sex, what are we saying about her then? That a woman can't be a feminist, that a woman can't be empowered if she likes sex so much that she wants to do it as the profession or like she has an interest in sexuality and connection and togetherness and intimacy and healing and customer service and like all of these things. It's just so counterintuitive. Like those are positive qualities in people's personal lives. But the minute that they're, you know, put under this, it's a job type of a mind frame that suddenly it's like something to really look down upon. People like sex. People love sex. People need sex. And we're here to provide that for people. So what is the fucking problem? Right. And also there's just sort of this idea that can we ever divide? Who cares if you were raised in the patriarchy if you're enjoying it now? Whether the root is patriarchy or not, if you're enjoying the work that you do and you're not being coerced and it's something that you find enjoyable, what does it matter? Like, I like getting my nails done. That's a thing that's associated with women. It's associated with having to make yourself pretty for a man. But the feeling of getting my nails done feels good. So I don't give a shit if the patriarchy is the reason I started getting my nails done. I continue getting them done because it's nice to have nice nails. Of course, yeah. I mean, embracing traditional feminine 
roles or activities. So what do we need to do as feminists? We need to do only things that are stereotypically man behavior. But then that goes back to the patriarchy because that's everything associated with femininity. Yeah, that's 1970s feminism. Okay. It's 2020. For me, like, yeah, how that's related to being a sex worker. To me, it feels very different because what the patriarchy is telling us is to get married monogamously and be sexually subservient to the male in the relationship. Being a sex worker is like the very opposite of that. Being a sex worker is like being compensated for our time because we see us being in sexual spaces as being very valuable. I don't see even how they're related, really. Like, yeah, our clients are men, but we're always the people in power doing sex work. We are here by choice doing this job. And I mean, if we're looking at the way like a patriarch is framing sexual women, it's not letting women reach their full sexual potential, having full and open sex lives and proud sex lives. And that is what sex workers are doing. So to me, I see them as very different. So I feel like this goes back to the idea that sex work and traffic can get conflated. And the idea that we're criminalizing everything around sex work in an effort to prevent trafficking I mean, they don't really call it sex work in these things. They always say trafficking and prostitution. And so sex workers who are consenting adults get lumped in with these laws. Because people, I guess, are too lazy to determine on if someone's consenting or not. I don't know. Uh (laughs) Yeah, like that's not important. (laughs) Suddenly, like, (laughs) I hate to tell you, for sex workers, that's the utmost important thing. (laughs) So like the fact that it's just like conflated and like just, you know, lumped it all together, non-consexual and consensual sexual acts, it's, it's so... The Nordic model is not about legalizing or decriminalizing sex work. The Nordic model is about an attempt to end trafficking, an unsuccessful attempt, I might add. Yes, without even considering sex workers, consensual adult sex workers. That has nothing to do with us. Honestly, the Nordic model has nothing to do with us, but it affects us. So I think I asked this before, but Lady Pimming, your dreams, what would you want in sex work law? Like you... In your dreams, what would be your perfect sex worker laws? First of all, when I dream, I don't dream of work. Um, <laughs> I like to answer that when people are like, what's your dream job? I'm like, I don't, I don't dream, dream of work. to work. Um, yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I... <laughs> I once had someone ask me, be like, if you didn't work at Oasis, what would you do with your time? I'm like, volunteer at Oasis. <laughs> like, <laughs> there you go. Some of us have our dream jobs, but it's still a job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like you said multiple times in both of those articles, we just want it to be decriminalized. We don't want it to be legalized because we don't want it monitored. We can do our job just fine. Trust me. Excuse me. I want it legalized because I want you guys paying higher taxes for your higher tax income bracket to pay for my pharmaceuticals. Thank you. Sorry, Lady Pim, <laughs> to interrupt you. <laughs> Well, fuck you then. <laughs> fuck you. Pay too. your taxes. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want it decriminalized, right? So um, we want to be able to conduct our adult consensual sex work 
openly. It will help remove stigma. It will make it safer. It will make it easier. All of these things will decriminalizing do. So the Nordic model that is like, yeah, it's not technically illegal for you to be a sex worker, but it's illegal for you to do it anywhere. And it's illegal to purchase it. It's like just such backward shit that is so clearly not intending for us to prosper in any way as a sex worker. I feel like it's when you define sex as just the pure act of a penis penetrating a vagina. That's the thing too, yeah. Yeah. Like when you're like, sex is only a penis entering a vagina, you are literally misunderstanding the nature of what sex is. Yes. So by saying, well, this is decriminalized, but everything else is illegal, you are intentionally making it hard to do the thing that you say people should be allowed to do. Yeah, for me as a dominatrix, like I don't do PIV sex in my job. So then I'm put in a place of not knowing whether the things I'm doing are legal or or illegal. You know what I mean? Like it's all this murky legal gray territory. That's why I'm not able to openly apply for for instance, do my taxes, for instance, because these laws surrounding sex work literally do not apply to me in any way. Right. Yeah. That's what I want. If it's decriminalized, then I feel like we're all going to know what the fuck to do. Trust me, we want to be contributing members of society. We do want to pay our taxes, honestly. Right. But I don't currently. Like, I'm going to have to do it next year because this year was the first year where I've only done sex work. Right. I've always had another job. So I've always just filed taxes on my Joe job, you know, my civvy job. But this year, it's just been sex work. Right. Although I could kind of get away with the fact of COVID and stuff and just say I didn't work at all. But I don't want to do that. Because you're an ethical human being. Yes. Thank you. So, you know, March of 2021 is the time where I'm going to be somehow trying to find a sex worker positive accountant to help me sort this all out. Because... I just don't know. It's so unclear and murky and gray. I've heard of so many people having that same difficulty with, for example, their OnlyFans income. I'm lucky in that my income for everything I do is still, thanks to COVID, under the filed taxes line. Thank you, COVID. Like, but, you know, (laughs) those are the things that I consider. Like, well, how much of my OnlyFans income, which is very minimal, like, how do you even claim that? Because there's also no legal precedent for that because it's not freelance. That's for sure. Yes, exactly. Because I do have like sex work type stuff that is on the book. Like for instance, I use Night Flirt, which is phone sex and sexting, right? And I did attempt to fill out CERB and include that, but there was no category for me. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just leave it off and try again next year. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. Fun being a sex worker and not knowing where you stand legally. Totally. That's the thing. That is totally what it feels like. If I were to dream big, I wish there was almost like two subsets of law. Yeah. You know, there's the one for people who are being trafficked. And that should be a... Yeah. Whether you're being sexually trafficked or regular trafficked, whatever that is, because we never really think about that. (laughs) I don't know. Like, there should be a law that's just... There's already anti-trafficking laws. We don't need separate laws just for people being sex trafficked. There's already anti-trafficking laws in a lot of places. I feel like if there was a law for 
sex workers who were just independent and it's here's the parameters and here's how you're supposed to file your taxes and here's all of those things. And then then there's those separate laws that are used for people being trafficked. All it takes is a woman going and saying, I am trafficked by this person. I could see how then it would turn maybe a little bit into how we prosecute rape cases and that it turns into a he said, she said. But that's true of so many things when it comes to law, not just rape, not just this. So it's like, why aren't we even bothering to try? Yeah. Why don't we have sex worker laws? <laughs> right? Like, why? Yeah. Yeah. We're here. We've been here forever. There are lots of us. It's a huge industry. Why don't you have dedicated legislature that is for us? Especially if the demand will never go away and the supply will never go away. Exactly. Neither will. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Time for a commercial break. Oh, this week's episode is sponsored by Wild Rose Handmade Soaps. Wild Rose has been making soaps, bath and body products for over 25 years. Their store is located in Brantford, Ontario, but most of their incredible products can be found on their website at wildrose.ca. That's W-Y-L-D-E-R-O-S-E dot C-A. What can you find at their website? You're going to find soap. You're going to find bath bombs. For those of you who are into some recreational fun, you're going to find bath salts. You can find laundry and dish soap, and you can find shaving soap, beard oils, and mustache wax. So it doesn't matter if you're a lady with a beard, a man with a beard, or anyone with a beard, you can find something for you and your body at this store. So go, once again, wildrose.ca. All right, we're going to get into our listener question. Uh, Ontario Socialite from last week is back with another banger of a question. (laughs) Another banger. Another banger. I think she'll also potentially love that I put the word banger in her name in a sentence together. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Okay. Hi, Ray and Lady Pym. Is it hard to be a sex worker and have a family? Sincerely, Ontario Socialite. (laughs) Um, Lovely question. I love that. Um, I am not a mother, so I cannot really speak to that part of it, like me having children. I can speak to what it's like to have a husband, to be a poly person and have other partners, and then also to be a daughter and a sister. So... I mean, I think I'm very lucky slash privileged in that I'm not a survival sex worker. I'm white. I'm able-bodied. I am fit. And I have a family and I have partners who are not prejudiced against sex workers. So that is like an extremely good place to be in. And I always want to tell people that like that is not the norm. For sex workers. So I can speak from this place of being like, my mom is my biggest fan. My brother is cool with it because he's a big slut as well. You know, my partners and my husband are all cool with me being a sex worker and are very supportive and helpful to me in my job and sometimes even like work with me, for instance. So what I'm hearing is It is possible for a sex worker to have a family. It is possible, certainly. However, it's not the norm because most people are not sex worker positive, unfortunately. And I can't even speak to the whole part of like, what's it like? Do you be a sex worker with kids? Though I have a lot of friends who are sex workers with kids and they make it work in all different ways. My friend paid for her kids' private school tuitions by being a sex worker. Of course, if that's your job, that's your full-time job, then you're literally paying for everything to do with your family if you're the breadwinner, right? So even though that's illegal because you can't actually use the money you make from your sex work 
to pay for anything. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You got to be careful. No big purchases. Cash only. Yeah, cash only. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no paper trail, people. I know someone where uh, she does some like foot photo type stuff on the internet. Yeah, selling some feet pics. Yeah. Yeah. And she is specifically kept her face off of certain things and kept herself very private because she doesn't care about her kids knowing. Totally. She doesn't want them to get bullied if their friends find out and are from a sex negative family. So she's more concerned for the reaction for her peers and doesn't want to make life harder for them. But that hasn't kept her from doing it or having kids or having a husband or having a family. Definitely. Yeah. There are all sorts of ways to do it. There are lots of sex workers that don't show their face, like lots, lots. And and I'm talking about in all different facets of the sex work industry. So that's not always an option, you know, and there's always individual ways you can figure out how to do it, even though I'm sure the more people in a house, the more complicated it might get, especially during COVID times. Like I've had the thing where like my husband is here and I'm here and I have a session and I'm like, I just need to go humiliate a guy real quick. <laughs> and he's like, I'll put in headphones so you, it's, you feel like you have privacy. I'm like, yep. appreciate you. <laughs> but also I'm like, I try not to book work when he's here. Yeah. Just because I want to not only like just take advantage of the time I have him here, but also it's like, it's, it's tough. I know he's fully supportive of me doing my job. And he actually loves that I do a job that I really love. But also it's like, well, but I know it's kind of might be a weird situation for me to be doing sex work in the just in the other room. I I get how that might be a bit uncomfortable for a partner. So it's like at the very most, those are like the issues that I navigate currently. But I can't imagine how that would lend to, okay. but what if you have kids in the equation? Living with family, like living with your parents, living with, there are all sorts of different situations, right? Socioeconomic backgrounds um, that could make it very difficult to navigate potentially. I mean, I think also, I mean, I also come from a place of family privilege, right? Like I have nice supportive Jewish parents. Uh, I say that because anyone else who's from, who knows the Thornhill Jewish community is like, yeah, they're either super judgy or super supportive or both at the same time. <laughs> Like my mom today was like, are you doing naked yoga? Why does it have to be naked? I'm like, why Why not naked? I'm doing it anyway. I might as well make money off of it, mom. I'm already doing naked yoga. I was doing it at Oasis where people could see me. What's the difference between that and the internet? But also, like my mom will be like, I'm just not comfortable with me being naked. And I'm like, I am. And we talk yeah. about body positivity and nudity positivity and all of those different things. And I think that people forget that parents and families are people too who are capable of growth and learning and conversation. Definitely, yeah. I borrowed my parents' house fairly recently to do photo shoots for my Instagram slash OnlyFans because, you know, you got to create that content. And I went, my dad's office in the room that I was shooting in Cheryl Wall, and the outfit that I was shooting in is completely see-through. I was, like, strategically covered for half the photos for Instagram. But I literally knock on my dad's door while I'm fully dressed, and I go, hello, father. You are not to come into these rooms while I am here. (laughs) Thank you. And he's like, Okay. Good day to you, sir. Yeah. He's like, all right, I'm just going to go to the gym and come back in a few hours. Sounds good. Yeah. And I was like, thanks, dad. And then I took some really great photos that will be up on my OnlyFans in December and January. Self-plug. But anyway, all of those were done in my parents' home. And I was like, my parents have this beautiful shower that I can stand in. And if I extend my arms fully from side to side, I am barely touching both sides of the shower. I needed that for OnlyFans. That's a porn set. Right? I call it the orgy shower and my parents hate it. But the point being that, like, I am not really a sex worker. Like, I I like to say that I'm, like, sex work adjacent and that I'm on the same platforms and 
And if you squint your eyes, it's like the gray areas you were saying, right? Like I don't penetrate totally. myself with anything, but I ha- I'm doing things that have to be behind a paywall. It's nudity. But it's nudity and people are paying and they're probably jerking off to it. So, if they're jer- yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know? that's what I mean by like, but I would never put myself in the same camp as a sex worker because I don't want to disrespect the actual work that they're doing. Right. You don't want to take take up space. Yeah, exactly. Um, But that being said, like, we'll joke about what I do at family dinner. And people are like, what does your husband think about this? And I'm like, do you think I would do any of this if my husband didn't support my choices? And if I wasn't talking to him about it? Like, yeah, I would either be not doing it and be in my marriage or be (laughs) divorced and doing it (laughs) one or the other. You find a sex positive partner. Like your parents and your siblings will always be your family. But there comes a point in your life where you transition and your family is who you've created it to be. It's your partner. It's the kids you have. It's the people you surround yourself with. Your community, your friends. Yeah. Yeah, your chosen family. Right. And so if you want to be a sex worker, you end up with a family that's sex work positive, even if it's not your blood family. Honestly, if I had somebody that was really sex work negative, that was like in my immediate family, like sure, it would probably influence my decision to become a sex worker. But also I probably do it anyway and just have to distance myself from that person. And find new family, you know? You don't want a partner that coerces you into sex work. That's toxic and that's trafficking. But (laughs) yeah, just to (laughs) clarify. But you do want a partner when you walk up to them and say, hello, I would like to post a video of myself taking a shower in a full cat suit. And they go, oh, that's nice. Please tell me you don't want me to hold the the camera. Can you pull out the tripod for that one? And you're like, no problem. Yeah. I'm filming TikToks about dicks. And I'm like, can you go away? I can't have you looking at me because I can't think. Thank you. Yeah. Or can you hold, I need to take a cool boomerang. Can you do the boomerang? Yeah, can you hold exactly. The phone? Yes, exactly. 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 Or, or I need a stunt dick for, you know, some sort of a something. Yeah. yeah <laughs> do you I'm, like CBT? <laughs> They're like, no. I'm like, great. I'll find someone else. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. May I? I'll do it with a dildo. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, one of the other things is like my husband's not on my social media because he doesn't want to be. But if he wanted to be, he'd be all over it. But I think it's so funny how like I'm such a public person and my husband is so not. I'm the same way. My husband is exactly the same way. He's like, I'm not I'm not ashamed to talk about sex. I'm very sex positive. He's like, I'm fully uh, like I can talk about sex. And he's like, I just want to be the person talking about sex. Um, like his sex life. So I don't yeah. often like talk about him in any way Same, in right, any of my media. They want to be in control of their stories and you don't get to tell it for them. There you go. And totally valid. Yep, exactly, exactly. So I guess to answer that, uh, yeah, you can have a, a family and be in the sex industry. The answer is yes. Definitely. <laughs> that is all. I'm going to end there. Thank you for listening today. Lady Pim, where can people contact or follow you? You can go on Twitter at TheLadyPim1 or you can go on Instagram at TheLadyPim. If you want to email me about anything donation related, you can do so at LadyPim at ProtonMail.com. I also have a podcast of my own called The Bedpost Podcast, available on any and all podcasting apps. If you are a sex worker or sex positive accountant, please feel free to email Lady Lady Pim at that email. LadyPim at ProtonMail.com. <laughs> And also, feel free to message me through any of the following. I, I too, am looking for a sex-positive accountant. Uh, there you, you can go. Follow, 
We all are. Just, you can, just, yeah, just do a group email. Yeah. So you can follow the podcast at Sexies with Ray on Facebook and Instagram and submit a list of your questions through sharewithray.com slash podcast or email sexiesnewswithray at gmail.com. Once again, feel free to address me by a silly name or give yourself a pseudonym. Otherwise, I'm making it up for you. Follow me at Ray on Instagram and TikTok and Razor Latex on Instagram, OnlyFans, and Patreon. This podcast is engineered and produced by Dave Meisner and is hosted at sexiesnewswithray.podbean.com. The theme music is by Blink and Brilliant. Special thank you to Blue Microphones and photography for our logo is by Dolly Shots Photography. She does great work. She does lots of work. Please go. 